Let's get chilly. Hello and welcome back to Let's Chill, the official, unofficial Minnesota Windshield, Minnesota Strike Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Jay. And I'm Kane. And we're back with yet another weekend recap of a Minnesota Windshield game. Uh, this one, of course, the Windshield went to Colorado to play the Summit, their first ever matchup. And I think before the game occurred, like it was really like it could have been anyone's game. Um, I think everyone was like, you know, because these teams have never played before, like I'm totally, I'm totally getting ahead of myself here. But what I'm going to say before we get to Soul 7 is it, it felt like a coin flip. It ended up not being a coin flip. We've got a lot to talk about on this podcast. Before I get ahead of myself anymore, should we hit some stall sevens? <laughs> Good idea. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you to a stall seven about the strike. What strike player got married this weekend? I believe it was this weekend. I'll admit maybe it was last weekend. What strike player recently got married? What? Jane Cook. Nope. I was gonna say like Naraya. Huh? Naraya Bilsons. Yeah, it was Naraya. Woo! Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Congrats, congrats Mar- Mariah. You want you on the pod? Get her on the pod? We should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. I got a stall. I got a stall seven. How many teams are there in the AUDL? What? Any number? I How hate that I don't actually know this number. I think yeah, it's 24. 24, Jeff? Uh, I was going to say 25. It's 24. Uh, okay. All right. I look at the power rankings every week, and I just see Detroit twenty four every week. Yeah, true. Also, when they do it like game of the week, the top twelve, bottom twelve. It's... Yeah. Oh, we got time. We, should, Detroit we too. should do. We should do Detroit check in at some point on this pod. Before we get yeah. to Minnesota, we will. But um, yeah. I have a stall seven as well, though. Um, how many games does Minnesota need to win of their last four to guarantee a spot in the postseason? I know the answer. I know for sure the answer. Jeff, do you want to guess? Um, I think it's two. It's two. It's two. Nice. Yeah. And that's do. That's and that's and that's only if Pittsburgh wins their next five games. Wins or if Pittsburgh. If if Pittsburgh wins their next five games, Minnesota needs to win two. But if Pittsburgh loses two games, we're in the postseason. Okay. Even if we lose the next five. Next four, but yeah, we have four left. Yeah. You see, yeah. You see I'm glad. That I have this point to and be like, hey, what happens if this team loses this many games? Well, this this will be the outcome of that. It's like perfect. Thank you. Yeah, Jay Jay runs the numbers. He's like, let me just punch yeah, the numbers. Jay's, really fast. Jay's the stat guy. <laughs> we just watch the games. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually, if because we have those two head-to-head wins against Madison, it doesn't matter if we beat Madison anymore. Even if Madison somehow comes back and wins, um, their next five games. They'll be six and six. And uh, are they officially yeah, eliminated? Does that mean? Uh no. Wait. But then Indy would have to lose all of their games. Chicago has to lose all their games. And Madison has to win all of their games. And then we have to win all of our games as well. Because we can't get knocked out of first. Because then that would not I'm just saying just for Madison to get eliminated. Oh no. It's if, if we if Madison wins all of their games and Chicago loses all of their games, then they Pittsburgh loses one. It's Indy, Minnesota, Madison. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what about Detroit then? How is Detroit doing? Yes, the Detroit check-in. 
it is it is theoretically possible for Detroit to not finish in last place. Uh, because I'm pretty sure Madison and Detroit have one more head to head. Um, but what was the how how are they doing recently, Jay? Are they doing pretty nice? Oh, oh yeah, they're doing very nice recently. I, <laughs> Detroit, I the, Detroit mechanics <laughs> with 69 straight losses. As of recording this podcast, this is as of what 625. Yeah. I'm a theory. Especially after they played in Indy last week, they're gonna win their game this coming weekend against Madison, right? Yeah, I think it's against uh, Pittsburgh. It's, it's Pittsburgh this weekend, and I can definitely see them beating Pittsburgh. Nice. Can yeah. you imagine if they set the record for a losing streak at 69? What a legend move that would be. They have to win. At this weekend, everyone is a mechanics fan. I agree. I I think they're playing at home, but I guess I don't know off the top of my head. But and not um, yeah. not not for Detroit. No offense to Detroit. Not that a home field advantage is going to make that big of a difference, especially considering they brought Indy to one point in Indy. But right. if right. home field advantage makes a difference, I think they have it. They do not. They're playing. They do not. At, they're playing at Pittsburgh. Good gotcha. thing home field advantage doesn't make a difference for them. That's for right. them, yeah. For them, although. Um, Again, if we're talking about beating the streak, like you want to do that in front of your home fans, like that's true. Yes, but also think about how demoralizing for Pittsburgh fans it would be. So it's it's almost like you want to do it in some in front of somebody else's fans for the team as well. This is true. This is true. Screw you guys. Here's all that smack talk over the last few years. It's like deserved, but also shut up. (laughs) Um, I like Detroit. Do you want to get to the windshield game? Yeah, let's actually talk about the podcast uh, agenda. <laughs> so, uh, if I'm assuming if everyone has not, if anyone has not seen the final score of the Winchell at Summit game, uh, the Summit just destroyed, just stomped on the Winchell 25 to 15. Um, and honestly, they didn't even do it. Like, it was not a I pretty game. Buried under a mountain. Yeah. You got buried under a mountain. Yeah, it, it write was, that down. Write that down. It, the article title. It it just wasn't a pretty game. Like, okay, just like initial reactions, thoughts, opinions on the game. I'm sad, but also like, I, I I said this right before the pod. I'm still a fan of the team. Like, like I'm still like, oh, this loss sucks. But I'm not devastated. I'm like, okay, we lost. That made me upset. But now let's go, you know, watch them play good frisbee again next week as all. Well. So um I'm I'm not even saying this to like be rude to Minnesota uh or Detroit, but Minnesota played worse than Detroit did. Like Detroit played bad on Saturday and Minnesota literally played worse than Detroit on Saturday. So Yeah, I think I I'm really bummed out about this loss. Um, I think we know it was kind of a free loss. Um, you know, because it's not a divisional game, it still matters, but it's not like we gave up a loss to Indy, who then also got the win, you know, something like that. Like it it was a free loss in that sense, but it also would have been a free win. You know, like it was really it was a big game in that sense. It's a big game in the sense that like interdivisional games are so rare. That like this game, we're probably most likely going to have to replicate it or something like it in the playoffs or in championship weekend, you know. So, like to have that big of a loss, and then if uh, if the summit come to Minnesota and face the Winchell in the semis, semis, 
like they they know, hey, we could do this. We just stomp them, you know. Like let's do it again. We know we can. Um, so that morale piece, I think, is big. But at the same time, I'm not like definitely. I'm I'm devastated, but I'm like positively devastated. I'm I'm devastated in a positive right. way. I think the way I'm looking at it is I'm not necessarily devastated that they lost overall. Mm-hmm. I'm more just like I'm upset that they lost this one. This would have been yeah. the game to win that really solidified that Minnesota can do this. But now I think all Minnesota has to do is just go win the rest of the season. Like, yeah, they dropped this game. If they had won this game, then everyone would have been like, all right, Minnesota's top four, Minnesota's top four. But now we just got to battle it to get there. That's all it is. Like, I, I that's a really good take. I think that's true. Like, I think if they would have had this free win, this is kind of what I mean is like they could afford to lose to Indy, for example, or to Madison or anyone. And it's kind of like, okay, that evens out. Like you're already, cause you won a game already that like doesn't really mean anything. So you can kind of lose another game. Now it's like every game now they play going forward is that much more important. Um, and I think they can do it. I don't have any doubts about that, but it's just like a little bit more pressure now. Um, yeah. Um, I think my immediate thought when watching this game was just like, it was messy. It, it looked really messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the lines were weird. Minnesota's throws looked inconsistent. Um, they looked like they were struggling to gauge the depth of the throws most of the time, not just because they were overthrowing them, not because of elevation. It just kind of looked like a lot of times they were throwing it and they were throwing it either five yards too shallow or five yards too deep. And it was just like, that's weird. Like, why are you like, you're just missing your receivers or the receivers weren't communicating well. So, yeah, I agree. And I like, I have never thrown a Frisbee at 5,000 feet elevation, so I cannot speak to this, but like, I genuinely want to know how different it is, how that disc glides. And and that's what everyone, uh, everyone who has ever talked about AUDL in the past week, that's what they've talked about is Minnesota is going to be, you know, slinging the disc in elevation and it's going to be awesome to see. And even we were like, yeah, that's going to be freaking awesome. And then, Right, like you said, Jay, like they just couldn't quite calibrate how how much they should put on it, and it just could not find receivers. And I like to chalk that up to elevation, and I will to an extent, but I think to another extent, it's like they had to do something else, and it didn't. Nothing worked. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it didn't feel like at any point <clears throat> the windchill were fully locked in. If that makes sense, like because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't really have a lead that whole game. No, I don't think we did at all. Like, um, no, we we started with it was Colorado started with it, and the Minnesota got broken right away, so it started 2-0. Yeah. Okay, so it's like even just having that from the get go really can just shut you down, for such a, especially when all the pressure is on you, and you go out there and you're like, all right, and then they just stomp you in the first quarter. It's hard to come back from that. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how we play in the first quarter versus the third or the fourth, you know? So that's the thing is like, I feel like the first two quarters were rough, but I think at any point they're only down by like four, maybe five max. And like, which is like, that's not great, but okay. That's reasonable. You can do it. Right. For but the first then the half, third, yeah. Yeah. The third quarter came around and I, I don't have the stats up right now, but like, it was like, first quarter was like four to six or something like that. And then like, or like three to six, four to six. So it was like pretty, 
consistent. And then the third quarter was like three to eight or three to nine or something. Like they really gave up a lot of points in the third quarter and just let that. That's when it went. That's when it went to crap. I think if the third quarter would have been different, if they would have won the third quarter, they could have won the game or again, made it a lot closer to the game. Like, right. not a 10 point deficit. Exactly. And again, like, I think, I don't think this game. In retrospect, I don't think they would win this game if it were played at a neutral location or even at like home field. Like I just don't know. But I think that if it weren't for their own mistakes like that, like in the third quarter, they would have lost much closer. It would have been a much more competitive game. But it just kind of felt like they were like, nah, here you go. And but and the other thing too is like Colorado, you kind of gotta put that in perspective. Like they had a three-game losing streak going. They had way more motivation to win than Minnesota did. Like, I, I'm not saying Minnesota had no reason to win. I, I think Jay might be disagreeing with me. I can't tell, but I, I think Colorado needed to win this game. If not, if not for stats or standings, morale, and just to like solidify their strength. Minnesota, like again, not that not saying that kind of Colorado with no motivation, but like it wasn't as meaningful. Jay. Um, I do think Minnesota, maybe, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Colorado had a um, bigger chip on their shoulder that they, you know, they needed to win this game more so than Minnesota did. Um, I even wrote about it in my um, the, in the preview article. Um, Colorado did break that streak, so it is big for them. Um, but Minnesota, again, going into this, like, were the underdogs. And I think, I mean, other than what, uh, a few people are saying, like, everyone was going to say, like, yeah, Minnesota was going to get blown out. And I think part of that was because they expected Minnesota to be bad, but not because Minnesota wouldn't want to play well. Um, and I think Minnesota had a lot of motivation, like, going into the game, like, trying to prove people wrong. Like, uh, Abe Coffin was back for the first time in a month. You know, he had missed five games or something like that. Um, and I think, you know, he came in wanting to do well. Um I mean, we've talked to a lot of the, the guys on the team and they always say like, they're hungry. They want to win every game. You know, their mindset is just win, you know, get this, do this. Um, so to see them just like be so disheartened, especially, you know, being down five and a half is a big, is a big like oof, but like they came back and it just looked like they didn't change anything. They didn't look like they didn't talk about anything during the halftime. So I, I don't know if I would say that they, weren't as motivated as Colorado, but there was definitely something happening with the team. Definitely wish I was in those huddles. I'd love to know what was said in those huddles. Yeah. Even just to like, because even after the game, you know, you can say, oh, this was like the game plan, but in the moment, you got to wonder like, when, when you're down by, you know, however many points you are at halftime, and like what? What do you even say to your team at that point? So, yeah. I mean, props to the windchill for sticking it out. You know, it's I I don't think any of the players ever gave up though. And I was talking to Cam Lacey today about that, and he said that yeah, they were all down on themselves. It was really hard to come back from that, and he admitted that like yeah, they they did not fight back as hard as they needed to. Obviously, and like they lost. Yeah, obviously, but he also said that like. The team didn't let that put them down. He he seemed very positive about it. He seemed very much like now they know kind of reflection on it rather than, okay, we're going to let, 
let Colorado stomp on us and we're just going to let it happen. It was, if this is going to happen, what can we take away from it? What can we learn right now? How can we make this team better? So I'm, I'm at the very least, I'm positive about this outcome. I think it was a really good way for the windchill to learn a lot quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think complacency is like the worst thing you could have right now. And this game, losing this game, gives you the exact opposite of complacency. It's like, oh, shoot. Okay. We're not necessarily those guys. We're not those guys yet. We can't just go to Colorado and take a win like that. You know, it's like, all right, that's a good, like, humility check. We're going to go back to Madison next week. We're going to stomp them. Then we're going to come home to to Seafoam, and we're going to stomp the Alley Cats. You know, like, yeah, because if it, I feel like if you win against Colorado, you, you kind of would have that like chip. Like, yeah, we're those guys. We we did this. Right. Andy, you couldn't do that. Like, yeah, yeah. So and maybe maybe we're just like being positive for positivity's sake, but that's not ever a, that's not a bad thing. Right. Like and I don't think it is either. I don't think it's just for positivity's sake, because I mean, you saw us go to Chicago and lose to Chicago. Right. Yeah. It was the same mindset after that. It was OK. Last year, this Chicago team would have beat us again like yep. but that's not the windshield team this year like yep. the windshield team is going to take that loss it's going to look at where it failed as a team and adapt to to meet that to beat that so it's another thing that Lacey had told me was he wasn't actually ready for Colorado's system he said that there when Colorado had a break chance uh or sorry when when Colorado turned the disc over and Minnesota had a break chance, he said Colorado's defense was way stronger than they were anticipating. And so I think just having that out-of-division experience will just give the Winchell players much more perspective on like, okay, here's what we need to change to be up there with those guys now. So, yeah, I don't think there's positivity for positivity's sake. I think we're going to – I think we got a good staff that's going to take this loss and use it. So let's talk about Colorado's defense because that was a major part of this game. Both defenses. I think this was a defensive heavy game for as high of a scoring game as it was. Uh, I think, I think, and I'm, I'm going to say it and talk about all the time. This is, I think this is a perfect example of how defense wins games, offense loses games. I think we've kind of started to circular, circle around that idea. And like TK has said that, and we've kind of brought that up. Like, I think Minnesota's offense lost them the game while the Summit's defense won them the game. I think there, so Minnesota's offensive version, offensive version rate, what was it here? I've got the stats 36%. It's the second lowest conversion rate they've had this season. The lowest was 33% against the Union, right? And that, that's when they lost. Uh, they had 25 turnovers this season or this game, the most this season. Um, so the offense clearly was not putting the disc in receiver's hands. We already talked about that. Like their long game was not working. They could not put the disc into the end zone, into someone's hands deep, but Colorado's defense also prevented like they clogged up those middle lanes. They clogged up that short game, which forced Minnesota to look deep. Normally that's going to work. Minnesota is a huck heavy team. And I think we all know that whether it was the wind, whether it was the elevation, whether it was jitters, their, their long game, which is what something they're strong on 
lost them the game. And then conversely, the Summit's defense forced them to lose the game. You know, like, so I think in this case, offense lose, lost the game, defense won Summit's game. Yeah, I, I can definitely get behind that the, the, their offense lost in this game. And I don't want to be too harsh on anyone, um, especially not Abe Coffin, who was just coming back for his first game. Um, but I mean, their their first offensive point really summed up how they played offense basically the whole game. It was, I don't even know if Clean, if there was even a reset pass, Clean was on, on the back line and hucked it to Coffin and Coffin just didn't grab it. Like it just felt, it just fell out of like he, he was yeah. in his hand and then it wasn't like, and that's, that's extraordinarily abnormal. Coffin catches that, then it's, you have a, a 30 yards up the field and, you know, one of the best players in the league is handling the disc. Like I thought that was for a goal even. I thought that was in the end zone. Uh, no, I don't. I think it was to clear the end zone. Re- regardless of what it was like. Yeah. Same situation. Like, yeah. And I just, I can't help but say like, that was pretty much how their offense played the whole game. Um, yeah. Between dropped passes, there were fewer drop passes than there were turf throws. And I, like, there were a lot of turf throws. Just, I don't know if just wind caught at the bad time or if there was, there was something going on with just the morale of the game, but there were a lot of turf throws. It felt like, I mean, I've said, I said this earlier, like, yes, give, give Summit their credit. They were playing against the Summit, but it really felt like Minnesota just was their own worst enemy. They are fighting, again, elevation, windy conditions, a hostile road crowd that you've never been in, and then their own miscues, mental, like, blocks, and just mental game. Right. And All so, the pressure having this game, I've thought that, like, there, there yeah. were, I think, more factors that the team could have prepared for going into it. I think that's a fair assessment. I think it really was you can't really point to one thing in this game, I feel like. Or at least you have to acknowledge how many different parts there were going into this and how the the team didn't need to be another factor to worry about, but it was, and it's... Yeah, exactly. What about, like, did it surprise you guys to see Linda Clark and Tanner Barkus play as much offense as they did. They each played, I think, eight offensive points. And like generally they play, they've played this season like two to three offensive points per game. And this game, it was like just about half of their play time was on offense. Like what what was that about? Um, While also let me give more context. Abe Coffin only played one defensive point. So he was also like, it wasn't like they were flexing everybody. It was like Right. Those two in particular were offensive heavy. Um, I, I think, and this was this was something that I thought watching the game, going to the game in the first place. Um, Feldman had talked about getting a deeper look in his attack and looking better on their attack. And I think if you know Declerc doesn't score six goals last weekend, he doesn't play on offense this weekend. And I think just that the difference in those lines might have thrown him off a little bit. But I do think that it was just this, hey, these players have been doing really well offensively when we get the disc. Let's put them on offense and see if they do really well on offense. Um, and I, I personally think that that was a mistake. I think that that was a strategy mistake. One of the few like genuine mistakes that, like for strategizing Minnesota made. 
Um, I mean, because Minnesota's defense is already shorthanded yesterday. And, like, we have the majority of our roster and it's majority full strength, but then our defense was missing PK, Sam Berglund, Colin Barry. Like, we were missing three of our star defensive players. And then to take our two block leaders and Tanner Barkas and Dylan DeClerc and put them on the offense, I, I can't say I'm surprised that Minnesota didn't generate a ton of break points. Right. I I mean, honestly, I don't really understand that move. That's, I, I know how I feel about it. I disagree with it. I think it was Dylan DeClerc to me is the Minnesota D-line. And mm-hmm. I think that's not to like discredit the rest of the players in the D-line, but I mean, he just brings such an energy to it on every single point that I think he really adds like the defensive energy that you need on the D-line. As I'm not saying never play him on offensive point, he has his value there for sure. But yeah, I, that to me was not the right decision. But again, I don't know. I'm not down there game time. So maybe that was the only decision. But... Yeah, it's really, it, it's just really interesting. Like, I think this is when it gets to, the pros and cons of the depth of a roster and the flexibility of a roster, where if, if you're too flexible, you're not going to have consistency and you're not going to have that identity that you need. Say, this is my role. And like, I, and I know what I'm going to do when I go on the field. And like, that's, that's more than just like crossing over offense, defensive points and stuff. But like, that's a pretty dramatic shift to put Dylan DeClerc on eight offensive points and Tanner Barkas too. Yeah. Like two of our block leaders. We know that, I think that's where the team lost was one way. Like they they scored their first break point in the fourth quarter. They scored two break points. And like, that's, that's enough to win technically. Like that, that is enough to win. I'm not even upset about that, but like, it's just very indicative of how the game was played. And like Colorado scored their first break point, the first point of the game, if I'm not, mistaken so like Colorado's defense we know is very strong going into it so I understand why you want to bolster your offense but that's not the way to do it I I think yeah um, you can't bolster the offense at while reducing the identity of the defense like yeah. although I will say we were talking about this earlier this was kind of a free loss that Minnesota had um even like we know going into this game Minnesota was six and one the Alley Cats had already won their game, so they were six and two. So we know that if we lost, we were still tied in first with the Alley Cats. And because we have that head to head win against them, like we're, we're still like in first place in the division. So I think, at least in the, on the very bright side, this, this might be a really big copium take, like this really big, like, ooh, maybe. But I think doing all these things wrong almost, like all these things, it really gave Minnesota that, like, okay, got out of our system. We had the free loss. Might as well use it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm. I wish they would have won. But like, what game you guys were saying earlier? Like, complacency would have been bad. You don't want them to be like, oh yeah, we totally. I mean, like, I would have loved if they if they stopped Colorado. Don't get me wrong. I would have loved if they ten one beat Colorado by ten points. But I do think that losing by ten points, trying out these new things, seeing these things didn't work. I, I think you know, Tanner Marcus has got ten blocks. Dylan DeClaire's got nine. Don't think they're going to be playing much more on the O line. Like, they're yeah. probably going to be relegated to the D line for the rest of the year. You know, like, and it was a good game to try them on the O line, and you have the loss, so you might as well use it. Kind of, you know. That yeah, yeah, that's not a bad take. Again, I think it's 
it's a disappointing but positive outcome is how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Do you think, like, this is really speculative, and we very well might find out the answer to this in August. Do you, what do you think the result of this game would have been if it was played anywhere other than this stadium? You could say neutral site, you could say at Seafoam, but pretty much any other stadium. Same field, basically same style of play. Like, going into this game, like, if this game hadn't happened or if there's a rematch at a different place now. In retrospect, rematch. Okay, I'd say rematch at home. I'd say we could win that, personally. I think the Winchell could win that, especially now. Rematch at a neutral site, I'd give it a toss-up. I'd say 50-50. And I said the Winchell would win. It wouldn't be a, like a blowout. It would be a close one, you know, two to three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if it was a rematch... If you give us back, you know, our three defensive stars, I, I think Minnesota does. At, at home, I think Minnesota does give a three, four, five-point win, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, at a neutral site, I think they win the same way they've beaten Madison and India. This, you know, they win by one, and they win by not very clean, not very pretty, but get the job done. Yeah. Um, and I think if they have a shot in Colorado, again, if they played in Colorado, which they won't play in Colorado again, but if they did, I think they they it's a 50 50 then. I think Minnesota knows exactly what happened, what went wrong, what they need to do moving forward. I will say, having basically never seen Colorado play, I think I've seen one or two of their games. I really appreciated their defense. Um, as a guy who says defense wins games, and again, I'm not even trying to like argue that point right now, like like just out of pure like admiration for good ultimate, they have a good defense. They didn't let any throw go easy. They they tipped hucks. And even if the hucks still made it 70 yards, they got fingers on it, you know, like off the throw pretty much. Like they they were so hestering to Minnesota's offense. It was it was awesome. Like I'm, you know, like as an ultimate fan, it was really cool to see. And like the way they clogged up these middle cutting lanes. It felt, I really like, watching, it. It felt like watching the windshells on defense. It really did. Like well, a little bit better, <laughs> at least last night. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Colorado's obviously, obviously, I mean, they're a good team. I'm going to be real. I think their loss against Oakland, especially, is like not indicative of how they are as a team. I really do think they are as good as the shred. I, I I think the current rankings in the West Division are not reflective of how good Colorado is. I think they caught a couple bad breaks. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to championship weekend still. I could that, that's my hot take. I think they go to championship weekend still. I think, and this, this is my hot take, I think that that playoff race in the West, I think Aviators and Oakland both beat out the Summit for it. Really? I think, I I, I know... Both of them? I, I don't I mean, Colorado might not make it, if I'm being honest. Wow. Watching, watching those two teams play, it, it's like Colorado has a blind spot against them. I mean, did you, you didn't watch the, the Spiders versus Summit game? No, no. It... I mean, it wasn't somebody, a pretty game, but it wasn't a like. The it was it was, really it was a outclassed. one. It was a one point win by the Spiders, and I think this is what everyone's been saying about the Spiders all season: is they're like how they're clean in the first quarter, and then they are the scrappiest team, and they will get that win. They will fight for that win. They will not let it go. If they, they can smell it, they're like sharks in the water. They are going for it. You are not getting past them. And look, I mean. 
Oakland, I mean, I think I have Oakland is like second in the West right now. I think Shred, you know, undeniably the best, maybe better than the Empire. Like they've been playing fantastic. With without some of their without some of their stars, they're still doing really well. Um, All right, someone clicked that, sent it to Jordan Kerr. He just said the Shred are better than the um, than than the Empire. It, they might be. They they might be. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you per se. I think that's. I think that's a. That's a big take though. Also, and this is this is a public sh- podcast. Shout out to Jordan Kerr for uh, DMing us on Instagram, uh, on our our story on Instagram. He he was high key cheering for the chill last night, which like he should have been because we were playing his divisional rival. But uh, I appreciated that little DM. Um, yeah. Also, for no when go ahead, chill yeah, Jordan Jordan Kerr is low key a a chill boy. He's honorary. Get you on the pod sometime. <laughs> uh, I I do want to plug Pocket Square cocktails. So I I went to go watch the game with my lovely wife Noelle uh, at Pocket Square Cocktails in New Hope. Those watch parties were pr- pretty fun. That like the that was the only one I've gone to so far this season, and I guess. There's only one left because they only have one more away game. Um, but yeah, good vibes. And like there's a good uh, Cam Lacey fan club there. I don't know, assuming friends and family. I don't, I guess I didn't know specifics. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to give them a shout out if anyone is listening and wants to go to that. If they're ever thinking about going, they have one more chance to go this season. I'm going to try to get there. Um, I, I don't know if I'm free that day, but um, yeah. So shout out to them. But yeah, I do want yeah, to bring up. We, we are there. Comes ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. And we and I know Jeff and I were there preseason for yeah. a sort of yeah, and that was it, it. Was great. It was great to watch those games. Um, I had another scuba. They have they have a drink called the scuba, which is like a ramen limeade. Beautiful. It's it's a great drink. Simple and effective, and a great uh, throw. Yeah, um, I will say talking about New York being better than um, being worse than Salt Lake. Salt Lake being better than New York. They play each other seven fifteen. Mark your calendars. That's so, right. And they play Colorado the day And then before. Colorado, yeah. So that that's going to be the weekend New York loses. I don't I don't know against who. I'm not. I mean, I will make a prediction if you ask me to. But New York isn't going to it all on that road trip. I, I know we'll against that, who. We'll do that next next week. We'll have that be a segment. Jay Jay says Salt Lake. He already said it. So yeah, yeah. He said Trent's taking it. That's the guest next week. That's. <laughs> Oh, true, because we'll probably have a guest next week. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Um, if I've DM'd, Thank if you're a Winchell player and I've DM'd you on Instagram, please reach it back out to us. <laughs> if you're a Winchell player and you haven't been DM'd, but you'd like to be on the pod, DM us. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to share my screen because we did little preseason predictions of like record and whatnot. Um, right. That's right. And oh, man, I, I forgot about this. See what kind of terrible takes we had back Dave, in. They've aged relatively well. Um, okay. I'm a, I hope it's big enough. So, Jeff, we'll just start. We'll go down mine first. I I said the windshield were going to lose at Union. They yeah. lost at Union. I said they were going to lose at Summit. They've lost at Summit. And then this one I'm scared about if I'm right. I don't want to be right. But I said Alley Cats are going to take that win. And I, I remember saying, I went back to watch that pod, like, it's going to be toward the end of the season. Alley cats are going to be strong and it's going to be a final playoff push right now. 
it's it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I still think it's possible. And then they're okay. going to win against Union and Mechanics. Uh, okay. Jay said they'd lose at Union. He was correct. And then that the Radicals would come to Minnesota and beat them, which they almost did. That, that, that was going to be a very big win for Jay in terms of the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had the rest of the season undefeated. So not quite as accurate, but still, that was a very, that was a very good prediction. Um, and then Kane said that the union was going to travel. Oh yeah. Cause Kane had all of the union Minnesota games, the visiting team win. And yes. so far he's been incorrect on two of them. Um, hey, Three for the three. home, the home teams have won, but then he said the summit was going to win, which he was right on. So hopefully he's wrong about this union one too when they travel to the Winchell, Minnesota in a couple weeks. Uh, and then we did definitely do this like fantasy ultimate. Uh, we have not kept up with that, but no, not a little bit. Not but little uh, bit, the but top part is interesting. How about this? How about this? Right on on your list. Pick one player, and whoever has the highest plus minus by the end of the season wins. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll take Quinn Snyder. It's valid. It's valid. I'm taking uh, Victor Luo. Oh. Uh, give me Max Shepard. Nice. Like that. All right. I'm gonna highlight these really fast so I know. Yeah. So we have this green. Green. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, and then KPS to age. We didn't we did not update these after like yeah. But that's oh, kind well. of a that's fun to go back and look at. Um yeah. Yeah, so Minnesota plays, they go to Madison on July 7th, and then on July 9th, so that's Friday, and then that Sunday, um they come back home to face the Alley Cats. So those are gonna be two very interesting games. Unfortunately, I won't be able to be at the game on Sunday, so I should be able to go to that. That's Noel's birthday. That's Noel's birthday, so we'll probably be, you know, going to get dinner or something. But, but those games are going to be pretty big, um, just in terms of standings and morale. Obviously, the Alley Cats one's going to be like the game they have to win. Yep. But I'm not doing it. They only need to win two games and four. They just got to get a guy. That's true. 500. I mean, for so selfishly speaking, and this is like behind the curtain, if anyone's curious about our personal lives, if they don't get first seeding, we miss playoff game because we have a bachelor party on what is scheduled to be the first, like the playoff game. Uh, we're, we have a bachelor party to go to. So if Minnesota has to play on like July 29th, we're not going to be there. <laughs> Unless we met, we, I mean, we could make that part of the bachelor party. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that as well. To be yeah. honest, I was like, so, so totally selfishly, Minnesota has to get first place just so we don't have to miss a game. That's, that's no, the reason. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pressure's on for our, so, uh, for our sake. Winchell, all, all you players who are listening, you have, you have to win. You have to be first. If you ain't first, then we're not going to be on the fence at your playoff game. So. Well, unless for, for a couple of them, that would be that would be fun to do that. Bring the bachelor party. <laughs> we should, it would be. It would be. All right. I I think that's all. Uh, we had a pretty extensive agenda. I think we've kind of hit everything. Anything? Any other last thoughts on summit game or upcoming games? 
I still love this Winchell team. I love how go, 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 let's get this win we are. And like I said during the pod, like I said before, I'll keep saying it. They're coming back from this. This this is a loss, but it's not a defeat. Yep. That's a nice clip. That, that's a nice clip. Yep. Um Heck yeah. I think my my kind of closing thoughts about the standings in the central is I I, I know we were all like, oh man, central's gonna be extremely like mixed up this year, but I don't think any of us had Madison at one and six, and I don't think any of us had Minnesota getting this close to the Alley Cats, the Alley Cats being this close. Um, the being this kind of a race um for top three. Like, I mean, as of right now, anybody can get first, but again, Minnesota just needs two more wins to guarantee their spot. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're hoping for. Heck yeah. And PK comes back on he said July 10th. So the day, of course, after the Alley Cats game, but after that, so he'll he'll have the union and mechanics and playoffs. So I'm looking forward to his return as well. Mm-hmm. But um, again, want to continue to appreciate all of the fans listening. Uh, we know in our hearts that you are truly Winchell fans trying to get more Winchell content. You're not necessarily Winchell Talk fans, but we still love seeing all those numbers rise. We we keep getting a lot of interaction on social media, a lot of listens and views on um, Spotify and YouTube. So definitely just want to want to shout out you guys. Um, this episode is presented by the R1P1 Network. They are doing some great work in the digital media uh, sports agency world. Um, love the thumbnails and the artwork they're doing for our podcast. So thank you to them. And we will see you hopefully at Pocket Square Cocktails on July 7th for the Winchell at Madison game. And then that Sunday, at Seafoam Stadium for the Alley Cats game. So show up big, get loud, and in the meantime, stay chilly.